Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can also save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support Rebel News without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Despite Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act, the truckers and their supporters are holding the line in Ottawa. Alexa Lavoie is in the nation's capital, and she has the latest news from Ground Zero. Uh, Since when did law enforcement think it was a good idea to enforce the law by, oh, you know, breaking the law? (laughs) Case in point, RCMP in Alberta decided to do six figures worth of vandalism to three excavators, heavy equipment that wasn't even being used in the protest. Sid Fazard has all the shocking details. And letters, we get your letters, we get them every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about the now-defunct Ambassador Bridge blockade in Windsor. But while the demonstrators were cleared out last Sunday, a new blockade is affecting Windsor as well. This courtesy of law enforcement? Oh, the irony. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. One of the first trucks who arrive on scene at the beginning on the 28th of January, the most popular truck. And inside of it, you have a lot of supply, gas, food, fuel. Let's check it out inside. It's, it's been a challenge from the start. Um, a lot of these jerry cans we had to smuggle in. So as you, as you heard, you've seen thousands of people walking around with jerry cans. So we did what we had to do. So. First of all, did you have any difficulty to put some fuel in your truck since the beginning? Like since uh, they say that we cannot supply trucker? Nope, not at all. No, no, we have, we're truckers, so we always find a way. So we've been fine the whole time. I see uh, you are putting some uh, gas. Did you have uh, any problem recently with that? Um, no, for the most part, uh, most police officers were actually really encouraging. And uh, we had a couple bad actors, but other than that, we haven't had anything confiscated today, and uh, everyone just has a lot of love and a lot of appreciation. 
These cans have more than fuel in them. They have a lot of moral and um, just positive reinforcement for these truckers. A lot of these guys have families in here, right? Yeah. Kids staying warm. So we're just helping out any way we can. So as you know, here in Ottawa, it's pretty cold and people need some warm fireplace. And we can find some stand like that with the fireplace a little bit everywhere, all around. Is he in BC now? Come on, Justin, come have some pancakes with us. So every day here at the Parliament Hill in this square, we can see all the time people who are cooking for order and everything is donation and free for everybody who are hungry. So people have built this camp in the middle of Wellington Street to warm up and to have a place to be able to eat. And as well, you can see more and more supply donation for the people who are in need. Most of the truck drivers have the, now their own mailbox for sending a message that they are not going anywhere and as well for the people who want to send some message they can just let hear for them. Wow, just look at all that hatred and bigotry and racism and Islamophobia and anti-Semitism on display upon Parliament Hill, eh? Alas, the narrative being spun by the government and the trained SEALs who comprise the government-funded media clearly does not resemble reality. <laughs> Fancy that. And joining me now with more on the ongoing protest upon Parliament Hill is our Quebec-based reporter, Alexa Lavoie. Bonjour, Alexa. Bonjour, ça va bien? <laughs> ah, that's how you say it. You know, I... Yeah. I, I I failed grade 10 French class. You know, Alexa, it, it is, um, this is a very fluid story we see happening uh, on Parliament Hill. There are new developments uh, by the hour, practically. Let's focus on, first of all, the mood of the protesters right now in light of what I consider to be very draconian announcements coming down the pike, i.e. Ottawa police saying, if you bring a minor uh, to the unlawful protest area, to use their words, uh, you're looking at a $5,000 fine and maybe five years in jail. And then there's the confiscation of pets. And then, of course, there's all those other um, penalties, thanks to the Emergencies Act, such as uh, canceling your insurance, revoking your license, etc. Alexa, with all this tough talking, what are you hearing from the truckers and their supporters on Parliament Hill? Well, first of all, uh, most of the people are think that is uh, just threat. So for them, uh, they don't really seem worried. Uh, the truck drivers say that they are not going anywhere. Same if they pull their license, uh, throw their bank account and uh, stop their company to, for working. What they say, most of the of them is like they take the government take away all what they have mm. so what they have left being here until the mandate are left it's what they want and they will stay until the end 
You know, that's a very good point. When a man has nothing to lose, uh, your threats are meaningless uh, to him. Um, and also, uh, Alexa, what did you make of the announcement a couple of days ago by Justice Minister uh, David Lamette, where he said that he was basically going to nationalize the Ottawa area tow truck industry. He was going to force these individuals who run privately owned companies into action to start hauling away some of these trucks and the tow truck drivers and their associations said, no way. I mean, that's business suicide. When all this is over, we depend on the uh, business from the big rig truck drivers. They're going to remember who towed them and who didn't. And this is an economic death sentence. But it seemed that the justice minister, he was going down the route of something you see in a banana republic, just taking over an industry uh, by the state. What have you heard? Uh, I know that the, most of the toll, toll uh, company don't want to uh, proceed to uh, to toll the truck driver because they are in their side. But in the same time, I can understand if uh, they had been trapped to lose their company because they're not complying to the demand. That is another thing. We need to think that everybody have their life and family to feed, mortgage, and even more. And so it's a really, really heartbreaking, heartbreaking uh, decision for most of them. And um, I know a lot of uh, toll company will not will not comply to that. Uh, and I, I hope that uh, most of them will not comply to that because again, it will be a complying to the decision of the government. How, how will we do it? You you politicize your police, and now you politicize your company who told uh, the car? That doesn't work like that. No, it's something to see. And, you know, um, Alexa, with Justin Trudeau uh, invoking the Emergencies Act, um, I want to ask you, is there really an emergency here? The Emergencies Act, of course, was uh, the replacement for the War Measures Act going back to 1988. His daddy, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, he invoked the War Measures Act back in 1970. But you could make an argument that, well, there was kidnappings, there was a, a, a murder of a cabinet minister. Um, so there was active terrorism happening by the FLQ. Do you think that this protest on Parliament Hill by the truckers and their supporters, does that meet the benchmark of a true emergency? If uh, free food and uh, free hug and a lot of love, it's uh, a crime. Yeah, we are really in a really big uh, emergency uh, uh, action. But right now, what I can see, all the roads are free to go, at least one line. So... The roads are not blocked. Uh, people are gathering together, giving their love, uh, giving uh, free food, free fuel, free gas to everybody who needs it. Uh, offer their hotel room to for the truck driver to go and take a shower, warm up. Some people are same offering to take their clothes to be washed. Um, so I don't see the point to have an emergency at all, especially when we look at some playground for children, giving some free toy. And uh, I have someone behind you take a picture. That's really uh, funny. One <laughs> of your millions and millions of fans, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, so I, I don't see the point of the emergency. Right now, it just looks like a really peaceful protest where um, just love is there and peace. And uh, if, if people have say that they have violence or threatening from the, the protester, I'm sorry I didn't see any of that here. And Alexa, one final question. I'm going to ask you to do some crystal ball gazing. We know that with uh, Justin Trudeau pursuing the Emergencies Act, this is the beginning of the end game uh, by the government to get this thing shut down. Um, here's the thing. They've already threatened to uh, freeze bank accounts, take away business licenses, driver's licenses, cancel insurance, take away, have the CAS take away your children, have your animal taken away and perhaps euthanized uh, within eight, eight days if you don't come up with the money. Where is this ultimately headed? Because as we can clearly see, they are not going anywhere. Are, do you envision, Alexa, that when the final days come, we're going to see police really use force, and by that I mean rubber bullets, tear gas, etc. How do you think this is going to end? I will say something. For my personal opinion, Mr. Trudeau is losing his face right now. And uh, because he's putting more and more measure against a really peaceful protest, uh, against really uh, love, lovely people and good family, good friends. Um, and now he just looked like a, a tyrant. I'm sorry, but it's the, the word because you have no sign of any violence, any racist or misogynist, as you say. Uh, these people are not terrorists. These people just want their basic freedom back. And I'm sorry, but if he continue in this way, he, nobody will respect him anymore. And, and more people will rise up and more people will come here in Ottawa in support of it. So he's actually create the opposite of what he wants. Well, you know what, Alexa? Several years ago in Toronto, just before he became prime minister, Justin Trudeau infamously said that he has admiration for the basic dictatorship that is uh, communist China in terms of getting things done. And I guess now we know what he meant by getting things done. That means to potentially violently shut down a protest because he does not agree with the ideology. I think this man is an egomaniac. Uh, it's a shame. All he had to do was come out and meet with the protesters. Instead, he demonized them and vilified them and even called them racist. This coming from a guy who's used blackface so many times, even he's lost count. Last word goes to you, Alexa. So seriously, if everybody can see that, uh, don't believe what mainstream or newspapers say right now about the protests. Come here and see by your own eyes. Uh, these people are there helping each other and uh, they are not judging each other and they are just loving each other. So it's what I say. Come and see by yourself instead of reading or looking at other media who say something else that is not true. Come and, and I, see the other side of the story. 100%. And I can verify that uh, almost two weekends ago, uh, I was at uh, Ground Zero with you and uh, Lincoln Jane. By the way, the both of you are doing a great job. And you're right. Lovely people. No vandalism. No violence. They're even walking around picking up trash to keep the streets clean. Um, it, it really is so revealing how 
the government and the media are lying through their teeth about this. Alexa, thank you so much for making time uh, to uh, join me. Uh, bundle up. I hear there's a snowstorm heading into hey. Ottawa. So you stay safe and stay warm, my friend. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. Fantastic. And that was Alexa Laval in Ottawa. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. So they've cut this main battery cable. Yeah. They cut this negative battery cable almost all the way through. They cut the cables on the solenoids. It'd be a start solenoids and uh, probably a glue plug solenoids. And then this control box, they've cut all the wires in it. They took the fuel lines off. They sprayed foam them shut. Yeah. There's a filter missing over there. Um, and they've cut all the wires off the solenoids there. Yeah. Let's get right in there. Yeah, yeah, and then on the other side here. Oh, yeah. You see the foam there, yeah. The foam. Yeah, filters are missing, and they're foamed shut. Yeah. A few of the boys have brought out some equipment here, and they parked it on private land with uh, per permission from the owner to park it here. RCMP, um, they had it parked in view of the, within view of the highway. RCMP requested that it be moved out of view of the highway, so we've obliged them. Um, after it was moved here, somebody sabotaged the equipment. There's uh, wires cut, there's filters removed, spray foam, put up fuel lines. Like these things, these all three machines, they're valuable machines. Um, and it's going to take a lot of work to put them back into order. Um, I can't see that, that happening. Like there's parts missing, um, parts have to be replaced. There's a lot of labor that's got to go into fixing these things before this, these, these fellows can use their, their own equipment again. Hey there. It's a tourist item called Pony Back. Yep, thank you. Uh, so I can confirm that we disabled three, looks like three excavators. Yep. Um, to prevent the equipment from being used in the illegal activity of the blockade. Uh, was there an expectation there as to how they were going to be used? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I've got the answer for you. I'm not sure what other questions you might have with, relative to that. I wasn't part of that, uh, that planning or the execution of that. So yep. I don't think I can comment any further than that. Nope, it's all good. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. No problem, Sid. Take care, buddy. Yep, bye-bye. Uh, hey there, Corporal. Uh, this is uh, Sid calling you again really quickly, um, if you have the time for a second. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so I just wanted to confirm um, exactly what the damage was done by the RCMP. The damage, the disabling? Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we can... Right. I don't know. I don't know what we did to disable those vehicles. Sid. Okay, but okay. Yeah. Sorry. I I forgot to get that bit there uh, last time. But you did confirm that it was you guys. But um, in terms of the specific damage, you're unaware. Yeah. The specific uh, steps that we took to disable those vehicles. I don't. I don't know. Unbelievable. You know, law enforcement is supposed to uphold the law. You know that whole to serve and protect stuff, folks. But since when? Do police officers subscribe to upholding the law by breaking the law? 
And make no mistake, this so-called disabling of those pricey excavators, that was outright vandalism. And the vandalism was done on the assumption, without any tangible evidence whatsoever, that these excavators were going to be used in the commission of a crime. Absolutely disgraceful. And joining me now with more on this very disturbing story is the man who broke this story in the first place, and that would be Sid Fizzard. Hey, Sid, welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Hey there, it's a pleasure to be joining you today. Fantastic. So, Sid, um, you spent, I believe, a total of two weeks embedded uh, with the convoy in Coots, Alberta. Meanwhile, the mainstream media types with the CBC, they were embedded with law enforcement. But I think one of the most egregious stories to come out of that was what law, what, what the RCMP did to those excavators, as your video shows. And as they confirm, they went on to private property went over to privately owned equipment that was doing nothing except occupying land, and they vandalized it. Probably the vandalism is over $100,000 in terms of parts and labor. Sid, what the hell were they thinking? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Although, I guess uh, the closest thing I would think is that it was done out of spite. They were kind of at every corner running out of options. They didn't know how to deal with the protesters because uh, for the entirety of the time that I was there, it, it retained its peaceful nature, uh, which is why they couldn't just bring down the hammer. Uh, but they were certainly at every corner being uh, turned around, basically, by the protesters in Coots, uh, leaving them with, I think, they felt perhaps like little options. Uh, and for some reason, that was one of the options they thought they would go forward with. Yeah, I'm sorry, though, uh, Sid, uh, even if they are spiteful, if you are wearing a badge and carrying around a firearm, you're supposed to overcome those emotions. Uh, you're not supposed to lash out. You're not supposed to break the law. I look at police officers at a higher standard than that, and it's shameful. But here's my theory. I think we are looking at sort of a, something lifted from Minority Report, the Tom Cruise film from 2002, in which um, they have a pre-crimes unit. So... They rely on information and intelligence from psychics about somebody who might be breaking the law in the future, and they arrest him and uh, convict him based on that evidence. I think maybe they thought they were going to roll in those excavators. So uh, the RCMP pre-crimes unit uh, came in. It's funny, that movie was set in 2054. Uh, I think they were just off by uh, three decades since it happened right in Alberta in 2022. Your thoughts? Uh, well, the corporal who I spoke with, he didn't have uh, a reason when I asked him uh, if there was an intent they thought that the excavators were going to be used for. Um, maybe that was just his lack of knowing the situation because he wasn't uh, on the scene, so to speak, I believe, as it was happening. Um, but, yeah, no, it certainly was the case that uh, they were just looking to preemptively uh, do something. I mean, I, I've shown uh, on Twitter especially, and we'll provide more content uh, as the weeks go on, but the uh, protesters, they kept on changing what they were doing to some small degree. Uh, and again, this, I believe, was a frustrating factor with the RCMP uh, and other authorities who were trying to handle the situation because they kept on getting uh, uh, thrown off, uh, which is why, and it's unfortunate, I believe, that they did this, but that they did sabotage three excavators who didn't explicitly belong to the protest group. 
And, you know, the other uh, sidebar story to this story, uh, Sid, that I find absolutely fascinating, it's when you go on social media, you see a whole lot of people saying, oh, that's a hoax. They didn't do this. You had that corporal on voice recording admitting, yeah, we, we're the vandals. We did it. Uh, why is it that there are some people who are apologists for this behavior or even uh, doubling down to the degree of saying that's fake news when the RCMP themselves admit that they, in my opinion, completely broke the law? Well, it's an unfortunate uh, understanding on their part because, like you said, I called the RCMP myself to find out, and he said, yeah, no, we, we are the ones who did this. Um, now, maybe they want to argue about whether or not they did was legal, uh, and that's something that is very hard to tell because, of course, they work so much in the shadows. Uh, but without a shadow of a doubt, they admitted to doing it. And um, it was very nonchalant the way he responded to that question. So perhaps they didn't think it was uh, as big a deal as it is. Um, but that would just show an unfortunate understanding on the part of the RCMP. And Sid, in the aftermath, where is the owner going in terms of a, re a legal remedy for this? Um, like I said, I think that six figures of, uh, you know, repairs in terms of parts and labor um, because if this goes before a court of law, if either of our theories are correct, i.e., this was done out of spite, or B, this was um, a pre-crimes initiative to vandalize th this equipment, I don't think any judge on any bench is going to buy that. So um, what are we looking at in terms of uh, a civil remedy uh, to this egregious behavior by the Mounties? Well, I, I can't give you an answer to that. I can't give you an answer to what recourse is going to be had. Um, I don't think the story is done. I'm sure that the owner would want to do something about it or uh, obviously uh, to the least uh, repair those machines. But the thing about those repairs is that that was just the immediate damage that was witnessed. Uh, we, or The individuals who run those machines likely don't have a full understanding of the damage that was done. So it's not just a matter of repairing a few pieces here and there. It's a matter of giving that machine a whole inspection to find out if or what else they might have done to them. Unbelievable. Um, last question, Said When you learned about this, because um, for some reason, this story has really gotten... Uh, under my skin, even though I have no skin in the game. I don't own that equipment. I don't know who owns the equipment, etc. But it just seemed to me that the so-called good guys in law enforcement doing that kind of spiteful, malicious damage to some very high-end construction equipment, it was just beyond the pale. It really bugs me. I'm hoping for some justice. What was your response when you first heard about this and then confirmed that, yes, indeed, this is true? The cops uh, clobbered this equipment. Uh, well, when I first found out about it, uh, I was kind of surprised as well. I didn't understand the why or the how uh, they might have done that. Uh, so immediately, the, the guys who had informed me of that had directed me on how to get there. Uh, and I was, uh, we had gone so that they could show me. Uh, the damage that was done and it was kind of it was surreal like it didn't really sink in for me um I, of course i understood what they had done was really bad but i didn't understand uh the situation at a whole and i don't think many people do and uh, like you said before uh, how you don't have skin in the game well i think to a sense we all do because this is a matter of what our authorities are willing to do to all of us it's not just uh, the convoy people or the blockade people that they're going to do this to it is in fact all of us if 
they are given the chance and they're given the green light on this kind of behavior further on into the future. 100% said, you know, I mean, so many police uh, forces on their cruisers, they have the slogan, deeds speak. And wow, did that deed ever speak volumes about how rotten that uh, particular unit of Mounties uh, have behaved. It's just absolutely despicable. Sid, uh, thank you so much. You and K2 have do, been doing incredible work under really difficult circumstances. Uh, thank you for it. And uh, I know if there's any more news out in that neck of the woods, you will be the first to break it. You have a good weekend, my friend. You as well. And I want to thank all of our viewers uh, who helped us along the way. It is only through them and with these new emergency uh, orders coming through, it's uh, even more the time that we thank them for what they uh, provide for us. Indeed. I mean, uh, folks, it is right. If the RCMP could do that kind of damage without the Emergencies Act invoked, imagine what they're going to do <laughs> once it uh, is passed. Folks, keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here near the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, Ontario. Well, folks, it's the day after the final demonstrators were dispersed by police, in some cases arrested by police and the vehicles towed away. That was on Sunday, late Sunday night. Um, I suspect sometime after the Super Bowl ended, the Ambassador Bridge once again opened for business. And you can see the truck traffic is now getting across the bridge both ways and a state of normalcy has returned. However, it's you can't help but notice the perverse irony uh, walking about or driving about Windsor today. There is still a considerable police presence. There are cruisers blocking streets. And in some cases, there are huge concrete blocks blocking streets as well. I can tell you, trying to get from point A to point B for me today, uh, I felt like a rat in a maze. Um, it was downright near impossible to get to your destination without taking myriad side streets and also travel times doubling or tripling. And what's worse is some of the businesses are feeling the effect. Here, check out this. This was around 1130 a.m. So in other words, coming up for the um, lunchtime rush at a Tim Hortons and check out the crowd. Yeah, I was the only one in that restaurant. There was nobody at the drive through. I asked the lady behind the counter, um, how's business? She said brutal and it's brutal because of the barricades. It's perversely ironic, isn't it, folks, that the blockade that was the demonstrators in their vehicles, that's long gone, but now it's been replaced by another blockade by law enforcement. Uh, granted, it's not carrying out the same magnitude of uh, economic damage that the um, demonstrator blockade was doing, but still, if you have a mom-pa business, things aren't good. And the reason why these blockades are here and the reason why there is a huge police presence, many of the demonstrators vowed they would come back and reassemble that blockade. That is going to be a very tall order indeed. Um, law enforcement simply is not going to allow that uh, to happen. So um, at the end of the day, was the blockade a success or a failure? I say it was a success. 
They wanted all mandates lifted. They didn't get that. But look how many provinces are lifting mandates. And the person who's been demonizing them from day one, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, check out the recent results of a public opinion poll. He's at 16%. Yeah, that's right. 16% of Canadians would vote for Prime Minister Blackface if an election were held today, thanks to his behavior in the past two weeks. And he has the audacity to call the truckers and their supporters a fringe element. Wow. Look in the mirror, Justin. So after a seven-day-long blockade of the Ambassador Bridge, this span is now open to traffic yet again. Well, sort of. You see, the entire north-south Huron Church Road, it's being blocked off to east-west traffic. So it is that this major artery is essentially a giant ramp leading up to the Ambassador Bridge. Thus, one blockade has been replaced by another. Yes, the big automakers are getting their parts delivered, but small ma and pa businesses in Windsor are taking a fiscal beating. Gee, it kind of resembles the narrative of the COVID-19 pandemic since day one, doesn't it, folks? Namely, the Costco's and Walmart's never had to close, but little shops, well, they had to close under penalty of law. <laughs> Science. In any event, you had plenty to say about the Ambassador Bridge blockade saga. Josh Dixon writes, Canada is standing for the whole world right now, even while their dear leader gives himself more power to crush dissent. Not just one leader, but many so-called leaders in Canada, in fact. Last Friday, Ontario Premier Doug Ford, well, he enacted a state of emergency to get this blockade lifted. It's all about business, you understand. But how odd that Doug Ford's business, Deco Labels, I don't think they ever had to shut down one day during the pandemic. In fact, I understand that business has never been better at Deco. Unbelievable. And then there is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau demonizing protesters, calling them racist. Yeah, this from a PM who has a habit of applying blackface makeup so many times, in fact, that even Justin has lost count. Again, unbelievable. The word of the month. Martin Heath writes, when your own government steals fuel, returns it diluted 50 percent with water, seizes financial donations, goes into personal bank accounts to freeze them, and nullifies citizens' road tax on their vehicles in order to prosecute them. You know this is all about health. Yeah, I hear you, Martin. Do you even think for a second that our great Dominion democracy would devolve into a quasi-dictatorship virtually overnight? Then again, it was Justin Trudeau who stated that he admires the basic dictatorship of communist China in terms of that country's ability of getting things done. So I guess what we are seeing right now should really come as no surprise whatsoever. Chanel Kay writes, the past two years, the governments around the world has crushed small businesses they don't care about. Their own people, they just line their own pockets. God bless the truckers and their families. Big respect to you. You're absolutely right, Chanel. You know, these truckers and their supporters have been absolutely vilified by some critics, some of them calling the truckers economic terrorists. But 
Given how the Canadian economy has been subjected to brutal government-sanctioned lockdowns, given that thousands of businesses have gone under in this country and tens of thousands of Canadians have lost their jobs, it makes you wonder, doesn't it, who the real economic terrorists are. And True Christian writes, The blockade was a failure because the truckers didn't hold the line. Rather, they folded like a cheap suit at the first threat of being arrested. Uh, I respectfully disagree, True Christian. These demonstrators spent several days in freezing cold temperatures holding that line. And when the state of emergency was declared, they faced fines of up to $100,000 and a year in jail. I think it's quite easy to be a Monday morning quarterback and say, hold the line when you have no skin in the game. Actually, True Christian, feel free to join a demonstration and show us how it's done. Hope you don't fold like a cheap suit. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night. <laughs>